Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Rodeo Kids podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you've been here before and come back for more, welcome back. We are so excited to have you here and for you to listen to this wonderful, delightful conversation between our Rodeo Kids ambassador and team leader, Callie McCoy and Victoria Proctor. Victoria is a young lady who is coming up the ranks with a bang in the WPRA right now. She is in that rookie race and she has been making waves at the BBR finals, at the college rodeos, at the UPRA rodeos, and she is just a delightful young lady who talks a little bit about her college rodeo experience, about injuries, about goal setting process, or not so much of a process, and just putting her horses and God at the forefront and letting the rest play out um, as it's meant to be and having that faith. And it's, again, just a delightful conversation that we look forward to you listening to and sharing. We encourage you to hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with all of the Rodeo Kids podcasts. So without further ado, we'd like to introduce Callie McCoy with her guest, Victoria Proctor. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Hello, Victoria, and thank you so much for meeting with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we usually start these out with you telling us a little bit about yourself, like who you are, where you got started, and how you got involved in rodeo. Uh, My name is Victoria Proctor. I am from Lampasas, Texas. I got started in rodeo when I was about 12 years old and I went to Tammy Fisher's house and she has helped me ever since. And now my story just doesn't exist without the mare I have right now, Bunny. She's helped me get everywhere that I've gotten so far. And, you know, if horses could talk, y'all would be talking to her and not me. So that's a little bit about me. I think it's pretty safe to say that you have been on fire lately. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Tell us what you've been up to the past couple of months. Um, Well, I've been busy with school, but I've kind of, you know, gotten, gotten dabbled my foot in the pro rodeo world and it's been really fun. My mayor loves the rodeos. So we've been trying to bounce back and forth between school exams, rodeos, jackpots, and just whatever I enter. I try to keep up with how much I enter. Um, I have three horses, so I have to go back and forth between them. They're they're not all at the same stage right now. I have Bunny, who's the yellow mare that I won BBR on. She is so sorry. She is nine years old and she's rodeo. She loves the rodeos more than the jackpots. And then I have a seven-year-old bay mare, Quincy, who I ran at the rookie roundup. Uh she is that was her third rodeo ever. So she's just barely getting into it. And then I have another colt at home. So I've been trying to go back and forth between all three of them. They're all at different stages in their life. And, you know, I want to give them all the best shot I can. But I do want to rodeo this summer as much as I can, just because I think that's where Bunny likes it the most. And I think she deserves to rodeo. You know, I want people to know her because she's such an incredible horse. I love Bunny. Me too. She's so good. She's the best. You told us a little bit about them. What's it been like bringing up three different states, like all at one time and balancing college work? I mean, you said it was a lot, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, my poor Colt Clifford, he has just been on the back burner because I had like San Antonio in February and then some college rodeos and then exams and then in March some more pro rodeos hit and so really Quincy and Clifford have been on the back burner um but you know I just (sighs) I'm trying to figure out how to answer that (laughs) um I you know it it's a challenge but Tammy has helped me a lot because you know Quincy was the first one I like attempted training and she was very challenging you know she doesn't like a lot she's sensitive quirky and so bunny gave me the easy route with 
the seasoning because I didn't really consider it seasoning. She seasoned me, you know, she went to the rodeos, like she had been there her whole life. Um, Quincy has, you know, made me beat my head against the wall and want to quit and everything. So there's just been such a strange dynamic between all three of them, you know, bunny, she, she lets me win and Quincy likes to humble me really good. And Clifford does too. When I give him the shot, they, they really love serving me some humble pie. Um, bunny will too, you know, someday she'll wake up and be like, eh, you've won too much and and she'll just humble me but it's just been so I love it though I mean Quincy has been one of my most favorite things ever is riding her because I just know what it was like when I couldn't lope a circle on her two years ago and so now to see that she is running like she's not quite at Bunny's level yet but to see where she's running and how far she's come has been incredible and I mean it's that same way with Bunny like I've loved seeing when I first got her, you know, Ryan told me this mare is a solid 2D mare. She's got the potential to do do whatever you want her to do. And she wants to rodeo, but she's never been rodeoed on. And she was just that perfect 2D pattern horse. And so it's been fun to see like where that has taken us and like what a, the confidence, like I, I feel like Bunny has become really confident since I've got her. Um, and what that can do to a horse once they really feel confident in themselves and they love their job so much. It's just incredible to see what all they can accomplish. So it's been fun and humbling, but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, I think it's amazing that you pulled out. I mean, I was having like a, I was just like almost in tears because I was so nervous. I, I don't know how to handle nerves very well because, you know, I don't get nervous on Bunny for the most part. We, we both, we kind of just know our jobs and like we fit like a glove. So it's easy, like whatever happens. And, you know, since Rabbit died, uh, my whole mindset has changed. You know, it's just a run at the end of the day. If you don't win, you don't win it. Like the wins are counted as I get to come home with a sound horse that I love and that's enough for me. So it's been kind of like, it's changed a lot since that has happened. And, you know, Bunny doesn't let me get nervous. She is a nervous horse. So I have to stay calm to keep her calm. And then by the time I ran, I immediately knew that I was coming back in the four man round. And I was terrified, like just completely terrified. I unsiled Bunny. I watered her. And then I was like, okay, Quincy, this is, this is you now. And, you know, I'm the only one who changed horses. So I'm back there, like loping this mare down. Like I want her paying attention to me. I, I don't want either one of us to embarrass ourselves, you know, cause she's, I, she's incredible. I love her and she's so talented and I didn't want her to look bad with how many people were watching and she loves that pin. So I should have been more confident, but I wasn't. And the fact that she went out there and ran as good as she did, like truly blew me away because she handled my nerves better than I thought she would. and. I mean, I was mainly nervous because she had not been running good that weekend at BBR. She had been like solid 3D and just kind of not snappy, not not her normal self. And so I was not counting on having to run her there. But when it came down to it, Bunny was, she had used, I, I don't even, she had ran twice for me that day. And so she she had given me everything she had and it was Quincy's turn. And so like by the time I finished and I ran, I was like shaking. I was like, I could be fourth and it wouldn't matter because she just did so good. And that says so much about the trust you put into them. And oh, thank you. I, I don't think she even knew. Like, I think she was confused. She's like, why are you so nervous, mom? But like, she went out there, she walked all the way up the alley and just like paid attention. Let me do what I needed to do. And then she, she fired hard. And so I was, I was so proud with her. All right. So switching gears a little bit. Yeah. High school students. I am obsessed with the idea of college and college mm -hmm. rodeo. Yeah. And I touch on today. So tell them who you compete for. Uh, I rodeo for Texas A&M University and College Station. Gig'em. Yes, gig'em. <laughs> 
So how did you get into college rodeo? Were you recruited or did you join later on when you got there? Um, so Texas A&M is a little different than most of your collegiate like rodeos. You know, we are not sponsored by the university. We have to get all of ours on our own. So there's not big scholarships. You know, they can't, it's, it's hard for A&M to recruit because we don't even have a paid coach right now. So we're working on a lot of raising money and stuff to get our program better. But, you know, if you go to the junior colleges, they're going to offer you more money. Or even like if you go to Tarleton or, or those schools over there, they've got a totally different program where they've got arenas, stalls, practice, pin, like they, they practice together. A&M is totally different. I love it. And I'm glad that I've got to see it grow so much. Um, but my start with A&M was mainly, you know, my parents have always made it to where school's first and, you know, horses come second. So that was my first pick because A&M is such an incredible university for academics and getting in that network, like the Aggie network is so strong that, you know, aside from your degree, you're going to meet Aggies along the road forever and they'll help you get jobs. And that was really important. And so when I got accepted into the university, I met with the coach and, you know, anyone can college rodeo as long as you keep your grades up. Uh, the team is a little different, but I just met with him and we talked. And then when I got to school, my freshman year, we had a meeting and just like, there's about, I want to say 40 people on the team or like that rodeo for A&M. The team is totally different, but about 40 people who are, who rodeo for A&M, which has been incredible because all my closest and dearest friends right now have been who I have met through A&M rodeo. What are you majoring in? I am an ag business major with a minor in ag economics. What is the competition like on the college level compared to high school? Because you high school rodeoed in Texas. Yes. Um, you know, Texas is tough always. Uh, the college rodeos, they're pretty tough. And it's more of a consistent basis because they only take three to nationals. There's no state you know, it's, it's regionals and nationals. So you're divided up in regions and you get 10 rodeos a year, which is, it's very similar to um, high school, but in the fact that you don't have state to fix, if you don't do perfect at the regional level, you, you have to be consistent all year long to end up in the top three, which is a challenge. Cause I was never a queen of consistency until I got to college. Um, but it is tough and there are a lot of girls that are, that win and you know I'm only in the barrel racing aspect of it but I know that like in my region the goat tying is incredible to watch and especially at the college finals like the goat tying is something that everybody goes and runs to the fence to watch because those girls are tying five seconds it's incredible but um it is a big jump from high school to college um but, you know, a lot of freshmen, they'll come in like this year, JC Byler is a freshman and she won it. And my freshman year, Emma Smith, a good friend of mine, won it. And so it, it it's a challenge, but, you know, that that's rodeo everywhere. It's not too big or not a doable jump from one to the other. I, I never, I literally never made state in barrels in high school. I, I made state in the polls two years. And that was it. I never made state in the barrels. And everyone like thinks I'm joking when I tell them that. I was like, I sucked at barrel racing when I was in high school. Like I just was not a barrel racer. And um, so, you know, that that says something too, though. But I never made state in the barrels and I've made nationals twice now in the barrels at college. So Larry Larner was the same way. Yes, yes. So all of her high school, which if you knew Lariat, anyone who knew Lariat, she was an incredible, very consistent goat tire. And she went to region three, which is where I go. Yes. In the state, all of high school. And then she lit the college world on fire. Mm-hmm. When everything became a river. Yeah. So, I mean, that says something that. Yes. 
sure. It's if you weren't successful in high school, there is still hope, you know? Yeah, I know. I think one of the basketball, play- I, I don't want to say the wrong basketball player, but like, wasn't LeBron or someone, they, they were cut from their high school team in basketball and then they made the NBA. So, you know, just stick with it. Yeah. What is the atmosphere in college? Oh, it's so different. Like it, it's so crazy to explain because you have some kids that are still with their parents and their parents are hauling them everywhere. Then you have some kids who have never been alone and don't know how to do anything on their own. Like they don't know how to take care of their horses. They don't. And then you have some kids who have been doing it by themselves for years. So it's crazy when you go to a college rodeo and seeing all the different, you know, like my parent, like Tammy has always been like, you know, college rodeo is where you, you learn to be independent. So like parents really shouldn't be there unless it's, you know, my parents will come watch a short go every now and then, but you know, it's, it's mainly for kids to just grow up and learn how to be independent, but like on the rodeo aspect of it, it's not like too crazy. Like I'll go to the amateurs and it's going to be like a crazier perf or like a more nervous setting, but the college rodeos are really laid back. Um, a few of the perfs can be really fun because they'll have fun acts or something, but it's not too different from a typical amateur rodeo. It is different. I always felt like the high school rodeos felt like a barrel race or like a jackpot because it was just, you know, 50 barrel racers ran at once. It was almost like a slack. Um, and you know, they have slacks and they have perfs here. And so it, it, it varies, but the atmosphere is definitely not as stressful as your typical amateur rodeos until you get to the finals that is um that's been the most like just the setup of it and like the crowd and everything changes the whole atmosphere of like you have to walk under a tunnel of the stands and that it, it like shakes when you're under there so that's a lot for you know a nervous barrel horse to handle but for the most part the 10 rodeos we go to the atmosphere is you know we have like that's the rodeo atmosphere but like your friends they're all good they're they all like they want you to win like a typical rodeo family would and so it's fun to you know cheer on your best friends and have fun while you're doing it how does going from a more solo style of competition to being on a rodeo team affect you and like what's are your feelings um like well, like for the team, we don't like haul together. Is that kind of what you're talking about? I mean, go like when you get to nationals, there's also like, yeah. region as a women's team. You get to nationals. How does having the pressure of this team is riding on your yeah, performance? Okay. Everybody. Yeah. So um, last year it was more of a, like I focused on myself just because that is like bunny loves that kind of setup and I really wanted to like help her um do her best and like we just went one round at a time um I had a lot of fun with all my friends and this year I kind of want to go in with the same uh you know everyone's you don't want to put too much pressure on someone because last year we had we sent five girls and no we sent six girls and so only four girls were on the team and, you know, two of them didn't do good, but you just can't fault them at that stage. And so it just, it happens. And so none of us try to put too much pressure on the other one. It's all just like, you do what you do and it's fine. You got three rounds to get points and maybe a fourth round, maybe not. Uh, but it is different because I've always rodeoed for myself and my horse. And so when you put in, it, I felt more pressure this year at the regional rodeos than I did last year, if I'm going to be honest, because I would, I ran Quincy at some of them, and I felt bad that my coach would put me on the team when, you know, I, I know he puts me on the team for Bunny, like that, like she's the one who gets the points, and so I would feel nervous, and I wouldn't want to let my team down if I got on a horse that's not as seasoned, and maybe is not the most um, reliable choice, but it was what I had to do with, you know, what what was going on that weekend or how bunny was feeling. And so I would get more nervous at the regional rodeos to get points, but you know, we never really like talked about 
like last year, I don't, I don't even think our coach really put much pressure on us to win a team. And I know everyone wanted to, because we had such a team, a great team going in. We won barrels, breakaway, goat tying, and the all around at our regional level, which was like, a, we broke a record, but I don't remember ever like getting nervous about the team aspect of it. You know, we were all just like nervous for each other. Like I hauled with Emma Smith up there and, you know, I would be more nervous for her to run because I can't control that. And she'd be nervous for me to run. And so it was more of like, we just want each other to do good and not focus on where our team ended up. But I do hope that, you know, we end up a little better on the team this year. We do have four girls and then we actually sent four guys this year too. And we didn't have any guys go last year. I don't know if that answers the question how you wanted me to, but. I love that take on it. I try, you know, I've always, the team roping has always been like, I just, I would feel so bad to have a team roping partner and do bad and, you know, let them down. I've, and, you said, know, I, I've said that my whole life. And so, I mean, the barrels is the same thing because I do have a partner and I don't want to let her down. But, you know, at the end of the day, it works out how God wanted it to and it's all planned. So that takes a lot of the stress off and just having like, good hearted and like teammates that care about you and not just the outcome of the rodeo really makes it a lot easier and less stressful on us yeah so if you I mean you kind of mentioned it earlier but the relationships you've built through college rodeo yes there um you know like even with we all moved back home on Monday today's Wednesday and so literally every single day like they've been like we just keep in touch all the time and you know I made a lot of friends in high school but none that I have stayed as strong connected to as my college friends and you know when you college rodeo like your passion is still there a lot of people in high school they they fickle off into other things and you know that they get interested in other stuff and when you're in college and you take the time to rodeo with school and everything on else everything else on top you you have a passion for it so it's nice to have friends that share my passion and like I can talk about horses and school with um but it's not like when we hauled up to the nationals last year me and Emma didn't haul together two nationals we followed each other and it was fun I had never really hardly ever been out of the state of Texas and we went up to New Mexico then Colorado and Wyoming and we saw stuff together we went out to eat and we had fun in Casper there's a river there's like a lake that you can rent a boat on and we drove up a mountain and it's just been fun having friends like that and that cheer for you regardless of if you're in your winning season or you're in your losing season and like Madeline Richards I love her so much and we run the social media together. Well, Maddie Uthier, Madeline, and I kind of are switching off on the social media, and they've been incredible to work with, and I've gotten closer to them over the years, but it is so nice to have friends that I just know will be there for me in the long run, and even when I get out of college, so I just, I've loved that aspect of A&M Rodeo. Is it difficult balancing school and rodeo? Yes, it is. You know, my first two years, I was just amateur rodeoing. Um, but, you know, classes at A&M, they're never easy. They're just hard and harder. And so um, my first two years, it, it was easier. But my friends would always joke that, well, Victoria's entered up this weekend. She's going to Alaska, then Canada, then Texas, then all over because I would I never just go one place. If if we had a college rodeo in Athens, I'd enter some barrel races or jackpots on the way or some rodeos on the way just to make the trip worth it. You know, diesel's diesel's expensive. Um, but this year, I don't, I mean, I guess it was a smart decision because I'm sitting good in the standings for the rookie year. But I decided that, you know, I only have this good horse for so long and she's nine this year. And if I want to do something with her and get her out in the pro rodeo world, I need to get it done. And so I bought my permit, filled it and bought my card. And now I've been like in between the pro rodeos 
in my upper level year at AM. So like the week of BBR, it was in between the week of finals. And I like exhausted myself out. I had an exam Wednesday night. I got out at nine. Then I drove to BBR with my, my, um, my brother was great. And he met me at a Brookshire's parking lot with my horses in the trailer at nine o'clock. And so I unloaded them. I put their boots on and then we headed up to Oklahoma, got there around three, uh, Tammy and the Askies had my stalls bedded, which helped me out. All I had to do was hang water buckets and hay bags. And then the next morning we got up and ran. And then that was the only day I got to stay in BBR. But I had to study because I had an exam Monday morning as soon as I got back. And I had two exams that Friday. And then Friday, it like all hit me all at once. I had the Coliseum. I ran both of them. Then I drove to Fort Worth as fast as I could. No, I didn't. No, I didn't run anything Friday until the first, until my first run at Fort Worth. And then I came back, ran in the Coliseum Saturday, went back to Fort Worth, then got back in at like four in the morning. And I was exhausted, but my horses had not been turned out since I got there. And so I just, I, in Oklahoma city, they have this big warm up pin and I turned them out in that pin and they ran and bucked for like 30 minutes. So I just sat there and like dozed off a little bit while they played. And then I put them up and I went to sleep. And then the next morning, you know, they, you got to check in by eight. So I had some great family friends that checked in for me so I could sleep in just a little bit. And then we ran and obviously I was not expecting to win it. And then, you know, you win it and you got to stay there for pictures and the interviews, which was incredible. And then it was six o'clock before I left. And then I was like, it was one or two before I got home. And I had an exam that next morning at 10 that I had hardly studied for. And I was so nervous about it. And so this year has been the hardest. And I know next year is going to be harder. So I don't know where the pro rodeo world's going to take me with that. Um, and how much I'm going to have to dabble between the two of them. But when you get to those 300 level classes, like I had finance policy, a lot of hard classes and trying to keep uh, really only two horses. I've turned Clifford out because I decided I wanted to rodeo and I, I'll give him the summer off two horses in shape and in tune, really. Like I, I want them to stay sharp and running and then, you know, 12 to 15 hours of classes at AM. It, it is tough, but I don't know. I think it, I just can't just sit. And so when I, when I'm done with school or when I need a break, I go outside and I ride my horses and it keeps my mind, you know, happy. And the rodeos are where I'm happy. So it keeps me from getting, you know, too low and it balances it out because whether you rodeo or not in college, you can't just do studies all the time. You've got to take a break every now and then. And horses are my break. So that helps, you know, the balance of the two is, you know, just even if I just go out there and just head on them or I'll bring my iPad out there and I'll study out in their pasture, that that's enough for me to just make the, make it worth it. And, you know, Bunny made, well, Bunny and Quinn, Quincy really blew me away too. And, and she doesn't get as much credit as I think she deserves, but they both like really made that weekend worth it. Cause I was doubting myself the whole time thinking, why would I possibly enter like this? And so, you know, the, at the end of the day, if I didn't have good horses, it, it would be a lot harder, but they make it all worth it. And that's why we do it. For sure. It's all about the horses. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So all in all, would you recommend a college rodeo team? Joining? Did you say joining? You broke up? Yeah. Would you yeah. recommend a college rodeo team? Uh, for sure. I think you've got to pick the right team and school for your needs. But uh, yes, it's so much fun. You, you meet a lot of people that will be lifelong friends. And you get a lot of opportunities from college rodeo. And I mean, it's fun. Even, e even if... Not everyone wins, obviously. And, you know, someday, one day there's going to be a time where that mare just, you know, I, I don't have her and I don't win like I do right now. Because um, I, I did not win my freshman year. I, I borrowed an incredible horse and I still did not win with her. Uh, but it was still fun uh, to cheer on your teammates and meet people. And 
the towns are fun. Uh, for the southern region, my favorite town ever is Sulphur Springs. They have the coolest square ever and the best food. And so every year I look so forward to that rodeo. And then this year, Uvalde had an incredible tribute to the um, school shooting. And so even if you take the winning or losing and the rodeo aspect out of it, it, it it's a lot of fun. It is. And I remembered what I was going to say earlier. Oh, yeah, perfect. Um, how you were finally around people that you could talk courses and school yeah. about. Like, yes. I don't know how it was in Lampasas, but I mean, I lived 45 minutes from you growing up. Yes. I mean, there's not really anyone at my school that does it. No, no. And, you know, uh, that's why I, I really did not like Lampasas High School. Like, I made some good friends there, but no one rodeoed and no one understood the just every aspect of rodeo like someone in the rodeo world does. You know, it wasn't a real sport to them. Football, it's it's OK to miss school, but rodeo, it's not. And it just I, I didn't have a friend close that I could, you know, obsess over horses with because that's all I want to talk about all the time is horses and rodeos and barrel races and it just. So I think it was so good for my mind to be around a crowd of people that are so like-minded to me, because when you get to college and everyone told me this and I didn't believe them until I got there, you know, college, you break off and you don't have to be around the people you don't like because there's so many people. Like not every school is as big as A&M, but there's 60,000 kids. And so if you don't like this, if you don't get along with this group, then go find a group you get along with. And with the rodeo team, I've just gotten close to a group of people that are so similar in like the passion and what it takes to be a winner and rodeo and that's been incredible absolutely I know a lot on that follow the rodeo kids stuff are from up north I'm kind of the outsider being in Texas where rodeo is the happening so yeah it's so prevalent in Texas and I think I mean Madison's on here but and she it, probably test to this but up there they don't have a lot of people like them like they're definitely the odd ones out rodeo is not a huge thing you can't five minutes down the road for a jackpot every night yeah. of the week yeah I know it's so different and like it was so weird to be I mean we're so close to Stephenville where that is the cowboy capital of the world and we're still just no one in Lamp passes rodeos, not at, not in the high school and not when I was there and no one in my grade did. And so it was just, you know, I was an outcast. Yeah, so, I mean, great. We have kids <laughs> that rodeo, but I mean, I don't have people to talk to about yeah. it. I, I would just try to blend in enough just until I could get out of high school. But, you know, it's just weird because we're in Texas and when you disassociate yourself from just like and go into the rodeo world like you you see people from every town almost like you'll see a, a day sheet and there'll be so many different towns and then your hometown just hardly has anybody that rodeos and it's just so so different changing topics again yeah. Mentor. I know you talk a lot about Tammy Fisher so I'm guessing she's the one you look up to yes you for sure uh definitely Tammy Fisher you know she's been through like even outside of the rodeo world like her mental game she's been through just a whole lot through family stuff and her son dying and then winning calgary two weeks later to be able to mentally pull herself together enough to pull off that win and you know she coaches like she trains horses but she also trains jockeys and she trains winners like it's not just average horses like she trains winners and, you know, she's trained, she's helped a lot of girls get to the NFR, and that's, like, a very admirable quality, and I love being around her. She's, she just, she brings you back down to earth, so when I, whenever Rabbit died, I was ready to throw everything in the bucket and quit. You know, he was my best friend, and I just didn't want to do it without him, and she didn't let me. She mounted me on her good NFR horse, and she would let me cry. And then when I was done crying, she'd be like, okay, pick that sucker up and we've got to figure this out. And so really the only reason I'm rodeoing right now is because she didn't let me quit. Um, she's just been incredible for my, you know, mental game in the world. But then so 
how I'm riding. She's helped me get all of the horses I have. Right, they were all they all came through Ryan's program, but she hooked me up. Like we got hooked up with Ryan, and she's helped me keep them winning because that's I think harder than making a winner is keeping a winner. And um, I I just can't thank her enough. She's helped me with everything you can imagine. I know her story is so inspirational. And oh, for sure. Yeah, it, it'll bring tears to anybody. Having the opportunity to learn from her is... Yes, and she's welcomed me into her home for the last three years, which has been incredible. And um, just getting to see what it really takes, like day in and day out of a winner, has been super helpful. You know, because I, I, whatever it takes, I want to do it. I just don't want to do it wrong. Or, I mean, it, obviously it's going to go wrong, but I don't want to be allocating my time and resources into something that's not going to help me and seeing what all she does you know outside of riding and outside of working the horses and you know the maintenance behind it and keeping them feeling good and like also the entering aspect of it in the barrels when you enter uh is is incredibly important because the ground changes and you know so her helping me with the entering has also been a huge influence on how how well Bunny has done at the pro rodeos, which is also, a, I, I can't thank her enough. So we did a team meeting this week over the mental game and overcoming hard. <laughs> what mental or physical challenges have you faced throughout your career and how have you overcome them? Um, mentally, it was incredibly difficult to like want to get back into the rodeo world when I did not have rabbit he he kind of got me back into the barrel racing whenever I I did not do good in high school and so whenever I got him he kind of inspired me to be a barrel racer again and his death was real sudden and that like took a huge toll on me because it was at you know, my whole, my life was changing. I was transitioning to college and it was within the first three weeks of college and nine days before my first college rodeo. And that was a big, you know, obstacle to overcome to not want to, well, I mean, I did want to quit for sure. I would call Tammy at like the college rodeos just crying because I didn't have him and he was always who I dreamed of college rodeoing on. And I think being around someone who is as mentally strong as Tammy is and so sure about God's plan and what he has for us really was an incredible influence on me. I mean, it's hard to put into words, but it, it was hard for me for those six months to realize what God's plan was because even after I started trying horses she she didn't let us try horses for like three months because she just knew it was going to be really hard and then when I started trying horses it was even harder because I'd be like oh well this one doesn't turn like rabbit did or he doesn't lope like rabbit did or you know he he doesn't go to the left barrel like rabbit did and it was just a comparison to rabbit and then I find one I love and he'd fail a vet check and so getting myself out of that was hard and having Tammy there with me through the whole time it like honestly and truly she is the reason that I'm still barrel racing after rabbit's death and I'm so glad because God really did have an incredible plan for me through Bunny and Quincy and you know hopefully Clifford he's the he's the young colt um and it was just sticking out those six months that felt like they were never ending and you know God like I just try to put my faith in him and it's been I, I've grown a lot since then and I I don't know how to I'm trying to use the right words but at the end of the day there you can't control what happens you can't control the outcome of things and God is he, he has the ultimate plan and at the time of Rabbit's death, I had no idea that I was going to have an incredible horse, you know, named Bunny that was going to come after him and bring me to all the places that he couldn't and just light the fire back inside of me and 
remind me what it was like to be a winner and to love another horse again. I was so scared of loving a horse after he died because you know that a lot of people didn't understand it. They're like, oh, he's just a horse, you know? And I'm like, no, you know, he was a horse, but he was my teammate. He was my friend. You know, I, I would vent to him on, like he was there during a lot of tough times in my life in high school and to not have him there was hard to move into this next chapter of my life. And I just am so glad that God brought me Bunny to help me, you know, through this next stage in my life. Physically, um, I know you said mentally and physically, I have not had a lot. Luckily, I did um, hurt my knee three weeks before the college finals last year, and I was a little crippled. Um, <laughs> it was actually a funny story. It's so, so dumb. I was, Tammy has a big Kentworth and it had just rained and I had flip-flops on because we were headed to a um, volleyball game for Sydney and I, it has two rings. So two steps. I got to the second step and I grabbed Tammy's wallet and I slipped and twisted my knee. And I mean, by the time we got to town, like I almost had to take my pants off. It was, I had a hole, thank goodness. I had the holy jeans and a hole right where my knee was. And I mean, it was just overflowing with swelling, couldn't bend it. And we were joking, like, of course, three weeks before, you know, the biggest rodeo I've ever been entered in, I'm crippled. And, you know, I, I, I'm entered in rodeos that week and I'm like, okay, well, I've got to figure out how to ride my horse with this, this knee. And so luckily by the time and I refused to see a doctor about it because I was worried they were going to be like, oh, you need to t stay off of it for like three months. And, you know, like, that's not going to do anything. I'm just going to ignore it. And I kind of <laughs> like, wish I would have. Yeah, I, I would have just ignored them. They would have been like, oh, yeah, you've got to be off of it. You've torn something. And so by the time I got up to Casper, it was it was mobile. I could do stuff on it. And we have this softball tournament at Casper that's like the most. It is so fun but the ground is so slick. So I, and I'm so competitive. So of course I'm going to play if I can run. And, you know, my first time at bat, I hit the ball, run to first base. Then the next person hits the ball. I mean, I'm three steps out of first base and I just nosedive. It was so embarrassing because I didn't trip over anything, nothing. But uh, I mean, I, they, the ground was so slick. There's no traction. And I tear up both my knees and I still had the, third round and you know and the short go that did come up and that is like one of the funniest stories that I have of Casper and like rodeos in general because I was so dumb to go play softball when I was so crippled I mean my knee I scraped it up so bad that when I bent it and it was the good knee that I scraped up bad the bad knee I just swelled up more the good knee was scraped up so bad that just bending it was like ripping the scab open and so I was walking so crippled for like three days and my coach was like, oh my gosh, you got crippled. I thought you were better. And I was like, I was until the softball game, but that's the only physical, um, it wasn't even like a challenge. Like I, I got on bunny and it didn't hurt that bad. It was just walking, but that, really? I, that's the funniest yeah. story I have. Yeah. It's embarrassing. I think it's definitely still a challenge though. Yeah. And I mean, that knee hurt me for like, I, I went back to the doctor in like September and I like they x-rayed it. And then right before the doctor called me in, I got a call that my mare was colicking, not Bunny, but Quincy. And I was like, okay, my knee's not that bad. I've got to go and take her to the vet. So I still don't even know what happened to my knee or what was wrong. You know, it's getting better now. We, it's been a year, I guess now. And just last month, uh, Tammy was bullying me because I ride with my stirrups uneven because I don't like to bend that knee. And so my, it was my right knee that I hurt. And my right knee was so much longer than my right stirrup was so much longer than my left stirrup. And she was like, this, you're, you're having your weight uneven. And my horses were stumbling a lot. And I'm like, this is not in character for them. They stand up great. And I can't get them to stand up. And she's like, it's because you're slinging all that weight to that right leg. And so I she measured them because I would get on and I'd be like oh no this right one's way too short and they'd be the same and just bending it normal like felt awful and so I've had to get used to riding with normal length stirrups after a year of uneven stirrups which is it sounds so dumb 
but it has been so hard because I want to get off and I want to lengthen that stirrup because bending it normal feels so weird and it just hurts just it's just not bad it just hurts enough for me to be annoyed by it but that it, I mean I still laugh about that a whole year over me being so clumsy I couldn't step out of a truck right <laughs> yeah that's quite the story yeah I'm a clumsy girl all right you've accomplished some crazy awesome feats just in the past <laughs> three years and you persevered through so much oh, how do you, you setting your goals uh, you know I try I used to have like all these goals set with rabbit and you know just the amateur part of it like I wanted to amateur rodeo with him so bad and I would fill out all my CPRA stuff and then something would happen and he'd be off for a couple weeks and I'm and then literally the day he died that morning I had filled out all my amateur stuff because I was like I'm gonna amateur rodeo and I'm gonna make the finals next year and then after that happened I was like you know what goals just I need to step back from goals and just you know live in the moment and be happy with what happens so I never like when I got Bunny, I, of course, didn't know how incredible she would become and where all she would take me. So I didn't have, like, huge goals set for her. Um, I just would kind of play it by year. I, the first rodeo I took her to, she won it by half a second at Winsboro as an amateur. And I kind of got, like, it kind of got me interested in the amateurs more again and so I had all I had of course wanted to make the amateur finals but it was never something that I just focused so hard on that I would lose sight of you know having fun with my horse I'd, I never wanted to be so goal oriented that I would forget why I rodeoed and why I do this with with the horse I love and so I would never I, I just never sat down and wrote goals out like I probably should have just, you know, we, I would talk to Tammy and we'd be like, yeah, well, let's just, let's just go to the amateur rodeos this year. And we'd go and then we'd make the finals and, you know, she'd do good at the finals. And then like the first year I, it wasn't accidentally, but, you know, I came into the final sitting first and I didn't even buy my UPRA card until July. And that was like, wow, like, she she really is incredible and then after that I just school my dad did not want me to pro rodeo while I was in school because he he didn't want me to get distracted and so that next year I just kind of did the same thing just amateur rodeoed and I, I had more goals for Quincy than for Bunny uh, it's never really about me just because you know I, I I'm a nobody I'm just sitting on those horses and I, I'm just trying to help them you know, do as good as they can. And so my goals were more like, I wanted Quincy to be a solid horse and I wanted to help her. I didn't want to be the reason that she wasn't a good barrel horse because I got her to train and I didn't want to mess up so badly that I ruined her potential. And then even like right now with me sitting in, like I'm third in the rookie, I, I don't want to make that my goal because like, of course, I would love to win rookie of the year, but there's just so many factors that can happen. And I don't want to be so heartbroken if it doesn't happen. Uh, so I, I, I'm not your best answer at the goals because I don't just sit down and write down my goals. You know, I did really want, I, I did set a goal for myself to win the region this year and Bunny got hurt. She didn't get hurt, but she was out for a rodeo after we had started winning and we only had two rodeos left and I had to run Quincy and Quincy fell. And that was like kind of when I lost the region. And, you know, that hurt me a little bit because I really wanted Bunny and Quincy to win the region just because I thought they deserved it. And so that kind of humbled me back about my goal setting. You know, I just, my goals are more, I, I do have a list on my phone of goals, but they're more like, you know, get Quincy consistent in the one D and, um, just more not physical winnings or physical like rodeos but more of mentally and consistently get my horses where I think they need to be and then 
go from there. Like I, I had never set the goal to win BBR just because, you know, Bunny does not run 1D at those big jackpots. That's just not her thing. She, she doesn't fire hard unless she's at a rodeo. So my goal, like, uh, like what I was wanting that day was a check. And even if it was in the 2D, um, and she just, she was like, well, watch this, but my goals are more, um, set for the horse and, you know, I want to keep them sound. I want to keep them happy. That's really hard because they're so different. You know, bunny is happier when she's in the trailer. I have turned her out. I've had her three, no, two, I've had her two years and I have given her two breaks and she has been miserable, both breaks I've given her. And so, uh, you know, I try to keep her happy and her, her version of happy is running and rodeoing. And so those are more of my goals, not rodeo wins. Like if I win rookie of the year, that's incredible. And that's going to look great for bunny. But I also know that we could go out there this summer and she not like those pins or, you know, God just not have that in the cards for us. And she get hurt and we have to come home. You know, I'd love to win the college finals, but there's just so many factors playing in last year. We had ground trouble on the short go. And so I feel like a lot of times people get so goal oriented that they lose sight of, you know, what this sport is about. And, you know, I want to, I want to give glory to God and I want to keep my horses happy and make them look as best as they can. I love that perspective. (laughs) It was a little long winded, but I just don't write physical goals down just because I, I feel like it's going to mess up what I focus on most. I heard um, Trevor Brazil one time, I think it was Trevor Brazil, he said, if you know what your goals are and like you have dreams and you have aspirations, why do you need to write them down if you have them in your heart and your soul and if you're doing them for the right reasons, like you're talking about glorifying God. And yes. so I think that's awesome. Like you don't have to write them down. And, and I, you know, first, it, it depends on your personality too, but I do think it's true that um, like I'm not a big goal writer either. I think you get to have a vision of the things you want to accomplish. And yes. then you just get to believe that God put that vision in your heart for a reason. And that if you continue to walk in the way that he has planned and to follow it, when he says jump, you jump. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Make sense, but I love that. No, I love that too. And, you know, like my goal of, you know, I want God's going to, point me in the direction that goal that he wants it to be in you know it might not be me winning the college finals but he might point me somewhere else that he thinks is better and you know as long as it I mean that's his version of you know making my horses look good and glorifying him and you know keeping everything happy then that's that's where he wanted me to be and it wasn't you know winning the college finals so I try to just go with the flow it's really hard because I I do Tammy jokes with me all the time because I'm such a a planner like I want to know where we're going and have a plan set and I'm a fretter like I get nervous when things just aren't perfect and I've been working on that but just kind of like relaxing in God's plan has been um what's helped me a lot yes ma'am that's great and I think as long as you stay on that road it's not even you know and Sally you can attest to this we talk about rodeo being our vessel not just our our goal you know it's not about the material things of the trophy or the standing for the leaderboard like yes we want that to you know that's part of the goal that's our part of the vision that we want to accomplish those things but it's the lives that we get to touch and the people we get to meet and the horses and all of that that we get to interact with on the way that make it all worth even having those saddles and those places on the leaderboard because if you took all the people and the horses and all that away it wouldn't matter anyway for sure that's I mean without your village and you know I of course if maybe God blesses me another day with a horse as incredible as Bunny but you know she's the one who you know makes me wake up in the morning and want to be better and so I think a lot of that comes down to you know God brought me that horse to uh inspire me again and get me where he he wanted me to be and so I I definitely agree with everything you just said 
rodeo is so much more than just a sport. Oh, for sure. I mean, I feel like it's the best, like, you know, obviously every sport thinks they're the greatest, but, you know, God is just so strong in the rodeo world. And I think that's the most beautiful thing is every time someone wins something and they have this interview, they, they bring up God and you don't see that in basketball or football or anything like that. But, you know, rodeo, we, we just live to glorify God and, you know, maybe win a check on the weekend, but it's mainly about God and the friends that we make and the family, you know, they're more family than friends. Amen. All right. Now that we're kind of winding down and wrapping up, I want to finish off. What is your favorite quote or Bible verse? You know, I have a lot. I, Ooh, let me think about that one. You know, my, I've always loved the, obviously the, the Bible verses of Philippians 4.13. That one's always been really good. We read Romans this year in the Aggie Bible study, and I've really liked that. Um, but I, I, I never get, everyone always asks me a favorite Bible verse, and I feel like it changes all the time based on where you're at in your life. And honestly, I don't know what my favorite one is right now. Oh, I think it was perfect. Depends on your life and just uh, what's going on for sure. Do you have a favorite hype song or something you listen to when you're getting ready? I love Rihanna, but I also like mainly listen to Taylor Swift. I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift. Uh, So when I'm driving to rodeos, I have a, I have three playlists. I have a country playlist a more hype playlist, but it is mainly Rihanna because I love her and uh, Taylor Swift, but mainly Taylor Swift right now. And it's not a hype song, but my favorite song of hers is Karma and Cardigan. (laughs) Good choice. Good choice. I can get behind that. Yeah. I'm a big (laughs) T-Swift fan. And do you have a favorite book? My favorite book series is The Hunger Games, but that's like for... I love the mind gym for mental like fortitude but like aside from that I'm obsessed with the Hunger Games series but you know actually two days ago my assistant rodeo coach gave us all a mind book to read which was really cool and I haven't got to start that yet but I, I do like reading those kind of books and I read the one that Stevie and Ty published if we're gonna go more on the mind aspect of it obviously Obviously, the Bible is, you know, top of the list. But aside from that, I, I love those. Thank you again for taking the time to sit down with us. Of course. I had so much fun. Ew, this has been one of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> yes. Any other bits of wisdom to share before we let you go? I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of go with the flow. But I think that if you really want to do this, uh, you need to get with someone who knows what they're doing and who can help you because it, it it is not a one-man sport you need a village you need people that will support you through all of it and you need someone who knows what they're doing to help you uh, because I would still be some girl on a crippled horse that didn't even know the barrel pattern if it wasn't for Tammy so I think uh, having a good mentor mentor and someone that you can trust is vital in this sport thank you so much thank you so much and have a great night it was so good to visit with you again again for tuning in to the rodeo kids podcast if you haven't already we'd like to encourage you to push that follow button and if there's something that you resonated with today that you feel like somebody close to you or something that you know would also resonate with, we encourage you to share it with them. Sharing is caring. And on that note, we want to share with you about our Rodeo Kids scholarships as well. Every month, Rodeo Kids gives away two scholarships for 
kids across the country to attend clinics, camps, and educational opportunities. The way that ours works out that's maybe a little different than others is that we don't ever send the money to the parents. It goes directly to the culture clinician, so we are certain that those funds are allocated correctly. We also don't judge on people's situation or what they have going on in their life. We just trust that God's going to give this money and, and this opportunity to the youth who needs it to interact with the people that they need to be with because that's what life's all about is creating connections, networking, building our confidence, our courage, and our skills, and our faith. And so that's what we're trying to do with the Rodeo Kids with the Rodeo Kids Scholarship Fund. If this is something that you are interested in applying for, you can head on over to rodeokids.com backslash scholarships to apply today. If you're listening to this and you think, wow, that's really cool. I'd like to help support that. You can go on to rodeokids.com backslash support and learn different ways to support, or you can reach out to us if you don't see something, but you have a better or different idea that's more fitting for you. So again, that's rodeokids.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. We are in it together. We love you. We care about you. You are important. And we want to wish you the best of luck, safe travels, and as always, God bless.